In the previous episode, Dutch stands for Dried Urine Test for Comprehensive Hormones. It's basically a test that we can do with our clients to help determine how their steroid hormones are working. And what the heck do steroid hormones have to do with energy? A lot. So this is just one of the tools that we can use to evaluate whether there's some errors in the energy metabolism and then determine how we can correct those. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. If you're a health practitioner who really wants to help people to get well, not to just cover up symptoms, not to just apply protocols, whether nutritional or pharmaceutical, we are doing a live event that's just right for you. It's called Functional Nutrigenomics in Clinical Practice. And it's all about how you can learn the genetic testing you can do with people to help you to personalize their diet and lifestyle plans. And when you put that together with your typical really great functional history and lab testing, you're gonna have all you need. So join us for an online virtual event that you can attend from anywhere. It's June 2nd to 4th, 2023. And you can get there by going to nesliveconference.com. That's nesliveconference.com. And we'll also put the link on the show notes page. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to assess for mitochondrial dysfunction and energy metabolism by using a test called the organic acid test. Our guest today is Alisa Fulati, a graduate of our NHPT program, which is Nutritional Endocrinology Practitioner Training, and she's a lead coach on the team at the Institute of Nutritional endocrinology. Lisa is a functional nutritionist and an eternal student like me with an insatiable appetite for nutritional information. And she helps people who have mystery diseases to identify the underlying imbalances and get their lives back. We are so honored to have Lisa on our nutritional endocrinology instructor team. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Dr. Ria Marie. What a lovely introduction. I hope I live up to <laughs> your description. Oh, you will and more. People are going to be totally impressed by your your depth of knowledge uh, about everything nutrition. So let's get started, okay? I would love to hear you explain what the heck this organic acid test is and when do you use it as a practitioner? When do you request it for your clients and your patients? So Organic acid testing is one of my favorite functional tests. Organic acids bring our biochemical pathways to life and help connect the dots. So that's my reason for choosing it. But before I describe the test, I'd just like to preface our discussion with some concepts or questions that motivate all of our, you know, us practitioners. And that is, you know, why do people get sick? So modern medicine knows about diagnosing and treating disease. But what leads people to get sick? 
before the onset of disease is a loss of function, whether that's physical, mental, cognitive, psychological, emotional, or et cetera. But how do we get on the road to disease? And that's a very relevant question because the question becomes, are there functional changes occurring that precede disease states and can we measure them? And the answer is yes, actually. So my overall goal as a nutritionist is to move my client away from disease towards optimal health. And I do this through identifying imbalances. And one of the ways of identifying imbalances is through organic acid testing. Mm -hmm. Urinary organic acids, that's the the sample, is a urine sample, um, can tell us a lot about the body's biochemical pathways and physiological systems. So from a clinical perspective, Organic acid testing is a troubleshooting test and provides a snapshot into the body's biochemistry. I love biochemistry, and a lot of people, when they're studying biochemistry or physiology, maybe they think it's just dry stuff. But when you get to use an organic acid test, all of those biochemical pathways, everything that comes to life. But we have to know what we're looking at. So instead of directly measuring nutrient concentrations, Abnormal concentrations of organic acids provide functional markers for the metabolic effects of micronutrient inadequacies. So that's insufficiencies, deficiencies, whatever. It lets us know about toxic exposure, neuroendocrine activity, so that's the neurotransmitters, and intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So an organic acid test can indicate the functional need for nutrients and then can help guide our therapies, our dietary modifications, or need for antioxidants, or need for detoxification support, etc. And if I'm just going to define the term organic acid that I've been using like a thousand times, um, it refers to a broad class of compounds that are produced as a result of metabolic processes in the body. And there are many factors that influence organic acid production, diet, toxins, microbes, genetics kidney and liver function, et cetera. And all bodily functions are powered by the release of chemical energy. Okay, so when the organic acids are formed as intermediates in this process of producing energy in the body, and they are, organic acids are normally absent from the urine or present at very low concentrations. So When specific reactions, so I'm talking here about biochemical reactions, are blocked in the body due to an insufficient amount of various cofactors, so that's vitamins and minerals, or an insufficient or not, how can I say, an impaired functioning enzyme, organic acids that precede that blocked step accumulate and spill into the urine. So I hope that is sort of clear. That's of, um... <laughs> It's a great description <laughs> because, you know, we use the term and I think people need to be clear, but I also love that you started with, like, that you prefaced it with what we're really getting at, right? That we're not looking to diagnose people with a disease. We're looking for imbalances that affect functional change and the functional change yes. always precedes a disease state. And so I love the fact that, you know, this test is available for us and we don't necessarily run it on every healthy person in the world because, I mean, it would be nice if we could run all these tests on every healthy person in the world because we could detect that maybe you're heading in the wrong direction. 
But we have we run it on people who come to us who typically have something out of balance, whether it's low energy or depression or neurotransmitter imbalances of other kinds. And so it helps us to see that picture of what's going on biochemically. So I, I love that you started with that. And I really, you know, energy metabolism is the theme of this, this particular theme of these podcasts that we're doing right now. And I, so I want to get into that, like how do we use the organic acids to assess, let's say, mitochondrial function? Because we all know that mitochondria are the powerhouses of all the cells. Yeah, sure. Well, for also organic acid testing pairs well with other types of testing, so blood work and even genetics. So by correcting or addressing these imbalances, we help the body's ability to heal and stay healthy. Um, so that's an overview of what we're doing. And then in terms of assessing mitochondrial uh, function, as you mentioned, the mitochondria are commonly known as the powerhouses of our cells. And all the energy released in our cells comes from the food we eat. And that energy comes from the sun. Um, the energy from the sun is trapped by the plants. So you have to think about the big picture, not just right. you know these tiny organelles right. <laughs> and uh, how, how we're connected to the whole you know, cycle of life. And so this, the sun's energy is trapped by plants, and then they transform that into carbon dioxide and water and, and then into carbohydrates and oxygen. And then, so not surprisingly, the release of energy from food is a complex biochemical process. And this requires a lot of different vitamins and minerals. And a functional deficiency in any of them can result in a lowered energy state that we know as fatigue. So the mitochondrial markers themselves, they are how can I say, when it's easier to present this if I'm showing you a biochemical you know, pathway. So I'll just try to paint the picture with words instead of a picture. But if we start with our diet and our diet is broken down into the macronutrients, the carbs, the fats, and proteins, these are fed into what is called the citric acid cycle. And that is what enters the mitochondria. And the, that's what feeds the mitochondria. So the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle is the center for energy production. And the cycle consists of a series of reactions uh, with metabolites entering at various steps from other um, metabolic pathways. So one of the primary functions of the cycle is to generate NADH and FADH. So this is, I'm trying not to be too technical, but I just want to say that's what it's generating. We're all geeky practitioners, so go ahead and be technical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. And these are utilized to produce energy in the form of ATP. So we always talk about energy, but the energy currency is actually ATP. And any impairment in any step due to genetic or environmental factors can lead to high or low organic acids. So the Krebs cycle is really dependent upon its inputs, right? So that's glycolysis, so the byproducts of you know glucose breakdown, the byproducts of fat breakdown. Um, So that's beta oxidation and then amino acid breakdown. But it's also influenced by thyroid hormones and cortisol, so the adrenals. So it's kind of need to be able to look at the whole thing. There are many things affecting um, the mitochondria. But if we look just specifically, what feeds into the citric acid cycle is the dietary carbs, fats, and proteins. And the citric acid cycle is not just a common pathway for energy release from food, but it's also a source of making various molecules um, that are go- and, you know that go on to help um, organ maintenance and um, neurological function. So it's kind of like a crossroads, mm. and it's a very very important pathway. And there are basically three 
phases for mitochondrial energy production. So it's this citric acid cycle feeders, which I mentioned, the breakdown of carbs and proteins and fats, so glycolysis of glucose, beta oxidation of fatty acids, and then the breakdown, the deamination of amino acids. I think that anybody who has an interest in biochemistry can read about it. It's just wonderful. And of course, you cover that very well in your, in your course. Then it's the, the second phase is a citric acid cycle itself, which is this cycle that has various components to it. And then finally, it's the electron transfer chain. So the big picture is that this process has been really very well elucidated. We know how this process works. We also know virtually every known nutrient that is required. So the new part of this way of thinking is what we in the functional space, how we can use that to improve health. So the, the parts of the citrus acid cycle has been, you know, all the various parts, that has been known for a long time. And then we know the, as I said, the various nutrients, so the minerals, amino acids, the vitamins, and also the things that block the steps, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's toxic exposures or too many heavy metals, et cetera. And the conversion of the citric acid intermediate, so that's a cycle, right? And, and it starts with, well, it has uh, various steps in it, but it starts after um, acetyl-CoA, and then it starts actually with, um, I believe, citric acid mm-hmm. itself. And the abnormal spilling of these citric acid intermediates, so all the various biomarkers that are measured here can indicate mitochondrial inefficiencies in energy production. And that can explain um, the biochemical basis of excessive fatigue and weakness. And it can help guide or inform our strategies for our clients. Um, And then since the compounds that make up the citric acid cycle are related in a cyclical manner, it's very important to keep that in mind, right? It's a sick cycle. A block at any step can cause an accumulation of multiple con- uh, compounds that precede that mm-hmm. step. And each step is dependent on various nutrient cofactors. And then many, as I said, many things can block the production. So there are toxic effects of drugs such as gentamicin are in part due to a loss of mitochondrial integrity because those types of drugs can inhibit certain enzymes that convert various markers or various parts of the citric acid cycle. And so it, the, the mitochondria stop functioning or the energy production is compromised. And then we just have to know ways of protecting against the cytotoxic effects of, of certain drugs. You know, it's better not to take the drugs, but oftentimes clients are coming to us, they're on multiple drugs. And so our, we just need to figure out how to how to support them the best that we can as they work with their doctors, you know, whether they need to reduce the dose or whatever over time as the healing um, begins. But we also need to be familiar or aware of that various different nutrients are necessary uh, for the citric acid cycle, the, the individual parts to to work properly. So whether it's magnesium, manganese, you know, NAD from B3 or B2, et cetera. And there are also some hidden clues that we can learn about what is going on in that person's biochemistry. So if the the first three of the cycle uh, metabolites are high, citric acid, cis-aconic acid, and isocitric acid are, are elevated, that can give us an indication that 
there is ammonia buildup mm. in that person's body. And then we need to look at other um, markers. We can look at other markers in the organic acid test, such as orotic acid or um, urea, if we have a full metabolomics test. And we could also look at BUN, BUN in the bloods, to see if that person has a buildup of ammonia, which is toxic. And if, if any of our clients have compromised kidney function, that is often one of the big clues that we'll see is ammonia buildup. But we can also see things about you know, B12 need, even if um, methylmalonic acid, which is a functional marker for B12, is, is normal. There are certain markers such as succinic acid and malic acid, if they are elevated, that give us an idea that of increased B12 need. And of course, oxidative stress. The mitochondria are very nutrient hungry, so they need a lot of nutrients, and they also produce a lot of free radicals. And our bodies have various antioxidant enzyme systems that are, their role is to quench oxidative stress, but maybe that person doesn't have enough and that imbalance, there's an imbalance, there's too much oxidative stress. And so we know that oxidative stress and inflammation is the basis of many chronic disease states. So right there, we know, you know, what we really need to be, you know, concentrating on. Yeah. So a couple of things there, right? So you might mention the drugs and we do have a podcast episode that we did with Mihaela to talk about the specific drugs that have effect on the mitochondrial function. So totally recommend that you listen in on that one uh, to get more details on that. And it's, you know, the whole thing with the mitochondria being nutrient hungry is that it's not, I love how you're looking at the whole picture and that's what this uh, test lets us do. But you know, it's it's also the other steps before it, which you mentioned, you know, the adrenals and the thyroid that are important too, is like, we have to get the nutrients into the mitochondria for the Krebs cycle to actually work. And so we can't just look at the mitochondria, we have to look before that. How's the digestion? Are the, is the blood sugar regulation, insulin regulation, all those things that get it in. How's their iron for transporting the oxygen that the mitochondria need? So there's all these things that go in to it. And the organic acid tells us what's going on within that mitochondria, but also gives us an indication of what's going on outside. Did I kind of summarize what you just said well enough? Yes, you did. Very, <laughs> very well. Thanks. And, um, and it, it's really important because we can't underestimate the importance of diet. And then the quality of the diet, so it needs to be high nutrient quality, um, low you know, toxicity, healthy, carbs, healthy fats. Yeah, low to- exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and then also our ability to assimilate the nutrients. So that, what does that mean? That means digestion. Yes. So if our digestion is impaired, then we can't be getting the nutrients. So doing this test in the absence of looking at the diet and looking at digestion is a bit futile mm-hmm. because in the order of supporting people, we really need to start with some foundations, essential foundations, which is really diet and then digestion. And it's good to look at an organic acid test. And there are many things that could block energy production besides heavy metals. It could be mold toxicity, things like that. But those are deeper down in the rabbit hole, yeah. let's say. And, um, and we should really start with some things that are very, very basic and looking at stress and lifestyle and, and things like right. that. I totally agree with that. And and the thing about that is like if somebody comes in and they're smoking cigarettes and they're not sleeping and they're eating a fast food diet, like you're not going to start them with an organic acid test, right? You're going to start no. them with coaching them on the specific things they need to do to get 
their body under control, right? Because you know you're going to see all kinds of stuff out of balance in the organic acid test. And what are you going to do? Oh, you need this vitamin or that vitamin. No, <laughs> you need to stop smoking and start eating well as a starting point. So I really, I like that approach because I agree with it. And I know that there are, you know, some, I would say functional medicine doctors who still have an allopathic approach where somebody comes in, they ask a few questions and then they run like five tests and they wait six weeks till the test results come back before giving people any advice. And I think, you know, that works in a case where somebody's done everything and, you know, they're already eating an organic foods diet and they seem to be exercising and meditating and stress levels low. You're like, okay, what the heck is going on here? Then we can find some of those you know, more detailed, subtle imbalances that, you know, just addressing the diet lifestyle didn't address. But I think for the most part, that's not our average person. Most people, we have a lot of work to do before we actually run the organic acid test and use it to get valid information. Is that kind of? Absolutely. And, and, And I find that practitioners need to be careful because abnormal levels of a first, there's an order in which to deal with things like we said, the diet and you know lifestyle digestion things like that. I mean, there's a certain order we need to, but there's also a certain order to address things in the organic acid test. And the mistake a lot of practitioners make is that you know at abnormal level of a single organic acid can point to multiple anomalies. So we have to look at combination of markers and look at the person's health history and diet and all of those things in order to be able to narrow down the potential um, root cause. And we look typically look for patterns. So while I definitely observe when a marker, a single marker is really out of range, but it's more important to really look at patterns to get an idea of what is actually going on. And we don't need to address every single molecule. Rather, we need to, get, we need to address the big things first, like you said, the diet. Um, and then sleep and hydration and things like that, and then work through the rest. I mean, that's the the successful way of helping right. um, your client. You know, I thought about as you were saying that is a lot of times we get clients that are like, oh yeah, but it's so hard. Isn't there just a supplement? Isn't there just a pill? Do I really have to change this? But what happens is when I find that sometimes I run the tests a little sooner on certain people, because I know they need to see it and then have my explanation of what's going wrong before they're willing to make the diet changes. And so when they see it, like, oh, you've got this and you've got this and this indicates this. And that's, remember, we talked about your dietary this or your, then they make the changes. So there's, there's this balance there of, you know, using it for a motivational factor and using it because you don't know you know, because it's like, oh my God, this is confusing. I need to run this test to see where some of these markers are and what nutrients are out of balance. Absolutely. One of my professors, um, when I was going through nutrition school, said that, you know, you don't just test just to test. You know, we have to be looking for something or looking to rule something out. So that's why we use tests. And people don't know what to do, then they really shouldn't test, you know, because that's just going to confuse things. And we're not being diagnostic, but we're just trying to really help support, you know, our search for the for the root cause. But then you you also have the sort of the healthy person who does have a good diet that we're looking for imbalances, things like that. And a common sort of reaction when they look at the organic acid test is, oh, I thought I was healthy. It's like, yeah, you are healthy. This is indicating imbalances. And that's what we're trying to address to keep you healthy. 
and to keep it from developing. So it's also important to be able to frame it correctly in a client's mind that they don't think, oh my God, I have all this oxidative stress, mitochondrial dysfunction, toxic exposure, blah, blah, blah. You know, Absolutely. And I like that concept of, yeah, we're not like, it would be nice to run these things on healthy people who are healthy and doing things and they're not symptomatic, you know, cost effectiveness and all that kind of stuff, you know, plays in. So we don't do that necessarily. But when we are talking to people and they come in, I say, I'm still tired or I still this, I thought I was doing all these healthy things. And then you find, oh, there's some subtle changes that we can make. And I give you an example. I didn't run the organic acid test on myself recently, but I recently ran a Dutch test and some lab stuff and I feel great and I'm really super healthy. But there were some subtle imbalances of like B vitamins and a couple of things that I was like, oh, I need to upregulate this because if I don't address this right now, then maybe two, three years from now, I am going to not feel well. I am going to feel more tired. I am going to develop symptoms. So there's a couple of ways to look at it. I had put off take doing any tests for a long time because I have no reason to do tests. I feel great. But I decided, okay, I'm just going to see what's going on. So it does give some really nice pictures. My next test after I address the things that I already found is to run a full organic acid test and see if there's other things that I can do. Because Heck, I have a lot of energy, but I wouldn't mind having a little bit more. Yeah, well, I think if you slept a few more no, hours. No, I do. I sleep now. So that's made a big difference, <laughs> okay. right? I sleep now. That's my big thing. No, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah, I know. I think you've, you've improved your sleep oh, a, a lot. lot over these last few years. And I think you do meditation yep. and things like that as I do well, all that. So. I exercise, I meditate, I sleep now, right? I eat really well. But, you know, do I need a few other things? So we talked about the mitochondria and all the, you know, the Krebs cycle and all these things, and you mentioned a few other nutrients, but what other things do you look at besides the the Krebs cycle factors? What else do you look at on the organic acid test to help enhance and improve energy metabolism? Well, I look very closely at the toxin and detoxification Mm -hmm. markers. It lets us know about glutathione and the person's ability to detoxify. So we're exposed to lots of toxins in our daily life. And really, it's really important to be able to detoxify things. So for example, pyroglutamic acid can, is a functional marker for glutathione. And if we're doing a metabolomics test, which is from Genova or Nutrival, we will, you know, we'll get those markers. And then the other things, of course, we look at the catecholamine markers, so the neuro, neurotransmitters, you know, because that has a lot to do with our feelings of well-being and energy and and things like that. And if you can really tell if somebody's in stress mode or, or maybe they've just been in stress mode for so long or they're depressed and things like that. So that's just really important because our moods have an impact on our energy or vice versa. I don't know if it's a cyclical thing. I don't know what comes first, you know. Well, sometimes um, it, you don't never energy. know. It's the chicken and yeah. the egg. And this, because so many things in the body, nutritionally, biochemically, run in cycles, you don't really know which caused which. You just have to address what what shows? I really concentrate on oxidative stress markers. Yeah. Those are just really important to look at because even if somebody's, let's say on the blood work, their CRP, C-reactive protein, which is a measure of inflammation is okay, or if their ESR, the sedimentation rate is okay. This tells us, the oxidative stress markers tells us what's going on on the cellular level. So the lipid peroxides tell us what's going on at the membrane level. And then 8-OHDG tells us about 
oxidative stress at the DNA level. And it's really important to know that because if our DNA gets damaged, then that you know sets us up, up for lots of things we don't want. And then the lipid peroxides are important because they're cell membranes. You know, we're going down to the cellular level. So a healthy cell requires a healthy cell membrane and a, hel- and a, and a healthy, healthy cell creates a healthy organ, which, which helps support a, a healthy system, which he- supports a healthy body. So we go basically in this test, we go down to the biochemical level and also to the cellular level to see what's going on in the body. And so it helps to refresh you know, basic concepts of biochemistry and physiology and biology, actually, to just to to see that because a lot of people just look at what the lab says, what that person needs in terms of nutrients. And that all may be true because it's the lab has their algorithms, but it doesn't tell you about the biochemical pathways. And in Mm. order to really successfully support somebody, you've got to support the biochemical pathway. It's like the SNPs as well, Mm -hmm. if you have a genetic SNP or something. We support the biochemical pathways, and um, and that's what helps support. And this test, actually talking about genetics, helps validate certain gene markers. So, you know, the most famous gene that everybody seems to know about or think about is MTHFR. And I don't know if it's really should have the rock star <laughs> status that it has, but that's the one that everybody knows about. And everybody thinks, oh, I have MTHFR. I have to be taking this, that, and the other. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? So we can look at this test to see, well, what is their need yeah. for methylmonic acid? What is their need for folate? What is going on with the other B vitamin markers? And we look at their methylation status. And so it can really, is that gene active or not? And we can see that in, the, um, in this test. And we can also look at other patterns. For example, in the, if we're doing the metabolomics test, which also has the amino acids, it tells us about you know, the need for choline. And um, a lot of people have gene SNPs in PEMT. Mm-hmm. I see and, that a lot. And so that will let us mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. So that they may need, have an increased need um, for choline. And so it's just important. And we can also see if their sulfur metabolism is not functioning well or upregulated with various other markers in the amino acids. So it just helps us see where things may be going, you know, awry and where how they can be supported and also in in what order. Yeah. And so and you know knowing about the amino acids is very important because the amino acids feed into this cycle. And if we just do an organic acid without the amino acids, it's just giving us sort of a partial view and we have to kind of guesstimate yeah. the rest. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. why I like to do a metabolomics. Yes. So, you know, you're reinforcing why I'm such a biochemistry geek and why, you know, we, in my, in our nutritional endocrinology practitioner training, we are like, it's biochemistry heavy. So because it helps us, what we, what we get, the comments we get from like medical doctors who go through the training is like, wow, we learned some of this stuff in medical school in terms of pathways, but we never knew how to actually make it work in real life. Like what did it mean in terms of creating a plan? For somebody, right? So I, I really, I think that the, the biochemistry is something you really need to focus on as a practitioner, learning it so that you can have this at your fingertips. Like if Lisa and I are having a discussion and we see something and somebody has a specific symptom and we go, we like go there, we go, oh, well, we have to look at this pathway or that pathway because of the way it's manifesting. And that's really helps you to become much more adept at, at getting uh, good results for your clients. So we are close to our end of time. And before we wrap, what I wanted to do was just 
have you just give for our practitioners out there regarding using the organic acids and in terms of like creating nutrition plans and what kind of tips can you leave practitioners with regarding the organic acid test and using it to inform some of the plans you're putting together for people? Well, like we said, for sure, do the organic acid testing. It's my, you know, favorite test, but be sure that you have addressed the big picture, you know, the important other bits, the diet and, uh, you know, dealing with stress and digestion, et cetera. And please do not address every single molecule, you know, try to look at patterns and look at the whole biochemical pathway. Mm. And then, you know, it's important. I mean, we can see on this uh, test, you know, I mean, we can tell just by talking to somebody as well, you know, whether they have insulin resistance or not, but this kind of helps um, with that. Um, kind of looks at, you know, how well is their carbohydrate metabolism working? Because we, we see it's such a such an important, you know, one of the gateways to health is blood, optimal blood glucose balance. Yeah. So we can look at that in this. Yeah. So, um, you know, but not to forget that there are other things that feed into this cycle, right? right? As we said, the, the thyroid, um, adrenal, so all of those things need to be addressed. Yes. Um, and to remember where things are related. It's it's an interconnected web. And sometimes we go down specific rabbit holes and we forget that it's all connected. So it's okay to go down a rabbit hole if you just want to learn a bit more. But just remember, it's a human being and all the parts are connected. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's a great way to leave, folks. So we do this test and we go into way more details with pictures and slides and everything and go through this in our NEPT program. So if that's something you want to check out, just look at the links on the show page. And Lisa, this has been um, so eye-opening and I think it helps people to see, you know, wh what kind of things we can learn from this and how you can help people improve their energy. Because probably 80% of all the people we see, one of their main complaints is going to be they just don't have enough energy to, to, to live their life. So when you know how to use functional testing and when to use it, in relationship to the other things you need to be advising people, it's really important to know how to do these functional tests as part of your success as a health practitioner. So the organic test, acid test, as I, we said before, it's not like first test you're going to do, the first step you're going to do with working for a new client, unless, like I said, they're doing everything right and you need to isolate imbalances to, that keep them unwell. So this is true of most functional tests. I'm not one of these people who runs a gazillion tests right at the beginning. I go work with people and work with the diet and the lifestyle. You don't want to throw a bunch of tests because number one, it's expensive. Number two, it's confusing to you as a practitioner. Now you're like, which do I, where do I start? Because you have all this information. So it's thinking things through and then working with people on the tests. So obvious diet and lifestyle needs to be addressed first. So as you become proficient at using these tests to help you pinpoint these imbalances, you're going to be helping people who haven't been able to get helped from other practitioners. And you're going to help them use nutrition and lifestyle. And you're going to be more successful with getting results and getting referrals, but also, you know, help you to have a thriving practice. So you don't have to have a day job, which a lot of people are like, oh, I can't make this work. Yes, you can make this work. So I think that this is the way, this is the future of medicine and the future of healthcare. And we, we need to be embracing that and we need to become proficient at it. So remember to download the energy guide that we created for you. It has some of these cool charts that you're going to see on the organic acid test, the Krebs cycle and all that, and use them. And you can just do that at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash energy. And until our next time, shine on. 
Thank you for listening to the reInvent Healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.